The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? My apologies there, Ed. If you could just pull my uh, my earpiece up just a little bit. I know I made you turn it down, but I'm trying to find a middle ground. Hey, how you guys doing? Tom Duggan here in the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's Hop, Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And we want to encourage you before we start the show to uh, find the other shows here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, there's quite a few great uh, uh, podcasts here. Uh, the Writer's Block uh, with Mandra and Debbie, who uh, help writers get their stuff uh, published and some uh, good advice for them. Also, Political TNT with Tom and Nancy Troy. Uh, I think one of the funniest, if not the best uh, podcast, including mine, uh, that, that's out there. Uh, there's also that Ambitches. Have you um, uh, done any uh, negotiating for me in Ambitches? Because she is pretty hot. I, I will do some more reconnaissance. It didn't work, huh? No, no, I I just forgot. Okay, all right. I'll Very put good. a note. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, if you've been following the Valley Patriot online, if you've been following us on Facebook, uh, which you ought to do, you ought to go to valleypatriot.com at least once or twice a week for our breaking stories. Uh, you ought to be following us on Facebook and Twitter um, m- under my name, Tom Duggan, also the Valley Patriot Facebook page. Um, if you've been following us for the last, uh, well, if you've been following us for the last six months, you know that every Wednesday night, uh, a group, a young group of people uh, from the Lawrence, from Lawrence um, uh, have formed a group called TMF. They've been in existence since like 2011. And for the last six months, they've been feeding the homeless at what they call family dinner at the Buckley Garage on Common Street. And up until uh, this past week, there have been no problems. Um, I'm going to let uh, let our guests uh, talk a little bit more about what they do. But this week, uh, Lawrence Mayor Dan Rivera decided, um, being the being the liberal Democrat who cares about the poor that he is, decided to throw the homeless out in the cold this week, and not only decided to throw them out of the bus station. Um, there were about a dozen homeless people sleeping there every night. Of the, oh, by the way, of the 300 homeless people in Lawrence, there were about a dozen sleeping at the at the ga- at the bus station. Um, but every Wednesday night, uh, Mike Gorman and the Movement family, his group of volunteers, have been uh, setting up a family dinner for the homeless. And and Dan Rivera decided this week everybody's got to go. So there's no more people sleeping at the bus stop, and there's no more feeding the homeless at the bus stop. And uh, this is this is a story that's kind of gone viral. We started on WBUR. Uh, this morning, I started in a couple of other cable stations this morning, and so I thought this would be a good time to have Mike Gorman back. There's very few people who have come back for a second uh, a second go around here on Payne. It's an attention. honor. It's an honor, man. So I'm glad. Thanks for coming on, yeah, by the course, way. I appreciate course, it. Definitely. So why don't you start by telling people, like, um, for those who maybe didn't see the first time you were on, like, what TMF is, why you started it, uh, and then what you're doing Wednesday nights, and then we'll talk about, you know, what happened this week. Yeah, so a little bit of a um, recap for anyone that's not too aware of what the TMF family dinner is on Wednesday nights. So let's start um, with what TMF is. TMF stands for the Movement Family. I started it back in 2011. It's basically anyone looking for a second family. Uh, We're a very diverse family. We range from like age five years old all the way up to about age 40. So um, really diverse, different races, um, different backgrounds. So we decided one of our projects was let's... um, start a TMF family dinner at the bus station. We were at one of our meetings and we noticed people sleeping there on a nightly basis. So we started with one table, um, just five, six chairs. There's only about 10 homeless people there. We had no money. So we went to Little Caesars Pizza, got a bunch of boxes of pizza. And that's kind of where the journey started. Um, We really started from nothing. And 
to see it progress when it was summertime, we actually hit about a hundred people in the summer. Um, it was it got pretty big, pretty um, pretty fast, and I was very impressed because it, we didn't want to be a soup kitchen. That's kind of I try to explain to people: this isn't just a dinner. Grab your plate. <clears throat> see you next week. Um, take care. We wanted to make it deeper than that. So basically. You know, we have that dinner and then we set up different tables. So we got Tuxbury Detox to come weekly. They have a table. We have a methadone clinic that's there weekly. We have a donations table. They're looking for blankets, hats, gloves. Um, we have a prayer table, a street ministry um, crew that does that. We have a Narcan table, a haircuts table, hair braiding, manicures. So we had a bunch of different things and it was that unique environment that I think kind of made it, made it special in our own way. And it was great because we had this unique approach. You have, um, you know, a lot of at-risk TMF members, you know, that already come from tough situations, dealing and helping people that really come from tough situations as well. And, uh, you know, might've had a tough upbringing. Now they're on the streets. So it was that connection they were building. So that's kind of how it, um, how it started with, uh, the whole TMF family dinner. One, was, of, the, one of the things that I, I noticed from going to family dinner every Wednesday night was that the the kids, and I'm calling them kids because I'm an old man, right? But, yeah. the, but the teenagers, they're, you know, their late teens, early 20s um, that decided to become part of this were actually getting more out of it than, than the homeless that were getting fed and getting most people, services. Most people don't know that, though. Yeah. They usually just think it's just like the homeless and the addicts, they're helping out. But yeah. that dinner is helping those TMF members. Yeah, because like you said, they come from really tough situations. And a lot of people, a lot of kids in that situation start getting down on themselves. And what you guys have done is is to be able to give these kids an, an understanding of giving back to the community and how that enriches them inside. Exactly. You know, how it gives them a perspective on life. Um, you know, every, every every Wednesday night, you know, my, my friend Mark comes with me, you know, yep, yep. and uh, we, we'll drive away and I'll I'll turn to him and say, yeah, you think you, we think we have problems, right? Every, every day we go through our lives and we think we have problems. We're having issues with our girlfriends, our wives, our kids, uh, you know, problems with trying to make the rent, trying to, problems trying to, you know, whatever it is we're trying to do in our lifetime. That we think that those are our problems. And then you go to something like this and you realize, well, my, my problems pale in comparison to what the people that you're feeding uh, are going through and also the kids that are helping them are going through. Mm. And, uh, and so I want to, I want to give you, give you some props for that because, um, there was, uh, in my business, I've been around forever. I'm a dinosaur. Um, I have seen for the last 30 years, nonprofits and government entities and the city councils and the school committees have meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings about how to make Lawrence better. But all they do is have friggin' meetings and they never actually go out and do anything to make Lawrence better. And you guys do. And so that's one of the reasons why I, I was really happy to be able to help you guys out and, and just show up and do what little I can, what, what little I can. But now this week, after six months of doing this, after six months of helping people get off the streets, get into detox, give them a family dinner, <clears throat> give them a sense of community, uh, Lawrence Mayor Dan Rivera just decided, nope, screw you, we're throwing everybody out in the cold. You can talk about that a little? Yeah, um, totally blindsided by it. But probably my first word, um, disappointed to the max. Probably my second word. Um, Dan Rivera, uh, Mayor of Lawrence, you know, I, like I said, we started this in April and uh, now we're all the way into almost December, uh, six months straight of doing this. And I just wish that Dan Rivera could have taken a little time, you know, once to come see what his residents, you know, TMF members, you know, kind of created, built that culture they engraved there. And um, he didn't. And, you know, that, 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 that hurts, you know, mm -hmm. just to kind of, he was watching you on video though. Oh, he was. I'm being told by people in his office that, you know, the videos that he the, was the seeing cameras there, that he was watching what was going on. Mm -hmm. I suspect that he was watching to see if you guys are going to do anything wrong mm -hmm. so he can find a way to throw you out. But, gotcha, yeah, yeah. but, but you're right. It would have been nice had he come down. Um, we didn't see very many city councilors show up. Mm -hmm. Uh, we didn't see any members of the school committee show up. Uh, it would have been nice if, if the people who are in charge of running the city had bothered, even if they weren't helping, but to at least come down and show support. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we were blindsided by it. Um, you know, I never, I've never spoken to um, the mayor um, in person or over the phone. I kind of got the notification through the um, police department. It was uh, Tuesday. Um, well, I actually heard a little, you know, some things on Monday, but it was kind of official on Tuesday, just saying no one's allowed to stay there anymore and uh, the TMF family dinners cannot continue from this point on. So what do you do now? You've got 
you've got this thing that you've built up. We've got these kids that are ready to go out once a week to try and help the homeless. <clears throat> you have the homeless who are used to at least once a week having a family dinner and, and having access to detox, transitional housing, counseling, prayer, uh, all the things that you offer. What happens now? So first off, I just want to say we have a TMF um, meeting once a week. You actually attended it this past mm-hmm. week. Um, before before you showed up, um, I wanted to let the TMF members know before they heard it, whether it was the news or social media. So we got into a big circle like we always do in the beginning of the meeting. And I had to tell TMF that they can no longer do the TMF family dinner anymore. And once I said that, uh, watery eyes started to appear. So nothing worse than me telling someone that. And then I have to be the one to wipe the tears away from a 15-year-old girl's face because she's saying going to the bus station shows her love and makes her feel important. And she's not getting that in her own home. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of our Lawrence residents who felt like she was doing something special. And obviously, you're looking around the room and you can't hear a peep and you're seeing the watery eyes. That's how you know it wasn't just a dinner. It was was deeper and more powerful than that. Mm -hmm. Now, since you've been shut down, have you made the effort to call the mayor's office and see if you could sit down with them and work something out where <clears throat> they can go somewhere else and maybe get back there. I, I, I guess to me, um, you know, I, I look at I look at leaders and people who are leaders, people who should be leaders. And to me, if the problem was that the people sleeping in the bus stop were defecating in the stairways or leaving needles around, uh, to me, the solution is find them a place to to go and let you guys continue doing your family dinner because you're only there for two, three hours a yeah, week. Yeah, two, three hours a week. And then clean. Uh, and instead, Dan just decided to throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, no, everybody goes. And I don't want people at home to think I'm bashing Dan Rivera because I no, actually not at all, not at all. I actually like Dan Rivera. We don't agree on a lot of stuff, but we disagree respectfully usually. Um, I think he's a little arrogant sometimes. I think in this case, that's the truth. And I think he's a little closed-minded. That's definitely the truth, especially on this. Um, but I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm bashing Dan. Um, I don't think Dan hates the homeless. I think he hates the issue of the homeless. And I think he hates the fact that there are homeless in his city because as an elected leader, all elected leaders feel like they're going to be held responsible for all those bad things that are happening, mm. you know. So, I mean, have you had a chance to, to call the mayor's office or maybe the city council, maybe try and sit down with them? We haven't at this point. Like I said, it was just kind of, you know, the mayor sent someone to talk to me about the situation. Um, and they were like, you know, he's just, it's really the decision that's being made at this point. Um, just a little disappointed in that, like, you know, with the team of family dinner, it's two hours a week. Um, you know, we did it nine to 11 during the summer. And now that it's colder, you were doing uh, 8.30 to about 10. Mm-hmm. just because it's getting darker out um, sooner. So, you know, when, when we actually get there for that team of family dinner, like when I mean like after we finish up, I have even the homeless people sweeping the yeah. the, the bus station. We have a guy we call sweeping guy, the short little yeah, Spanish guy. Chino, we call sweeping yeah, yeah. Guy. So he's sweeping the whole thing, and uh, we built a strong relationship with the security that's there. Mm-hmm. So they're they're really aware these last six months what's going on. They've been so kind to us, and we empty out every barrel. We put in new trash bags, mm-hmm. um, sweep the floor. So honestly, we might go in there sometimes, and it might not be the clean the cleanest. But when we leave that Wednesday night, I, it's the place is immaculate. Right, like immaculate. I know because I go live on Facebook at Chase police calls and I drive through there through the week because I've got, you know, I care packages from Deb Carberry, someone cares. And I look at the condition that it's in. And then I look at the condition that it's in when you guys leave on Wednesday night, it's like spotless. Mm. And I'm like, why isn't the mayor, why isn't the mayor, why isn't the city hiring you guys to like run like the, we had a homeless coordinator, Anil, who I thought did a great job. I know other people didn't did, didn't necessarily like what he was doing, but I thought he was doing a great job. Um, why is the city hiring you guys to like go out and help the homeless? And it seems to me like you're doing exactly what the city needs, exactly what Dan Rivera has always said that he wants. Um, and yet it's he's, he's shutting it down. I don't get it. Yeah, we were smart with everything. Like we planned everything out on the meetings, like hand sanitizer for not just the TMF members, but all the homeless people when they sign in for the sign-in sheet. Mm-hmm. We made sure everybody serving food had gloves. Like we just handled th- handled everything. Just I thought like in so much depth, and we're mm-hmm. smart about it. So it's kind of it just it's just this it's a it's a sucky situation. It really is. Now the mayor gave a uh, didn't he didn't want to give me a statement. When we wrote the initial story, um, I texted him and asked him if he wanted to give me a statement. He ignored me. And then all of a sudden, 
WBUR got involved, and the Herald decided started making phone calls. And all of a sudden, Dan decided, okay, now I have to make a public statement. Like, screw the local people. But now that it's getting into the Boston press now, he feels like he has to backpedal a little bit. And the statement that he issued, uh, it stunned me a little bit. I'm sure it had to have shocked you. Because he then blamed TMF for dirty needles and, and garbage strewn everywhere and basically said the reason he was throwing you out was because you guys violated an agreement with the city. Do you ever have an agreement with the city? Never had an agreement with the city. Never. Um, you know, like I said, I never personally talked to Dan Rivera. He had um, the police talk to me a few times. You know, before we eat, because I talked to a police officer a couple times about, you know, what we were doing there. And he would just be like, hey, you know, make sure, you know, they're clean up after themselves and just no using at the bus station. So before we even eat, we get into a, a huge circle. We hold hands and we just go over the rules at the bus station. Mm-hmm. No using, clean up after ourselves. And if you need to use the bathroom, go to Wendy's. What, and, a, what amazed me, and I don't mean to cut you off, yeah, go ahead. but what amazed me was I... I I deal with these homeless people almost every day because I'm handing out care packages for Deb or I'm, and I'm talking to them. Um, and a lot of them don't like each other. A lot of them I've seen having fistfights on Broadway with each mm. other. And then I show up Wednesday night and they're sitting next to each other having a dinner. Yeah, it's and like, it's, it's like even, even the homeless um, and the addicts who are hardcore, some of them they've been on the streets for a decade, even they respected you enough and what you were doing enough to not use at the bus stop, to make sure they cleaned up after themselves. I watched uh, Ralph uh, at the end of uh, last week or the week before was yelling at a guy, hey, pick that up. Pick that up, man. Mike does a lot for you guys. Pick that up. And I was like, wow, he's got the homeless train to even clean the bus stop. This is great. So when I, when I read Dan Rivera's <clears throat> a very deceitful uh, comment that, that he gave to the press, that it was your fault that everyone was getting thrown out. Like, how did that, how did that hit you? Honestly, I wish he said my name personally, like Michael, Michael Gorman's fault, because I had TMF members read that. And how do you think that makes a young person, TMF, who put so much heart and passion into it? And they're working extremely hard, you know, 1030 at night to make sure every single thing's off the ground and have Mm -hmm. someone who they're supposed to look up to in the city who has such like a voice and an image says, you know, you guys didn't meet. You're part of the agreement. You guys didn't clean up. That hurts an individual. And I got to be the one. They feel like it's their fault. Yeah, They feel like their fault. And, for yeah, someone who for it. someone who's already made some mistakes in life and may have already went through so many obstacles and is trying to do something good mm-hmm. gets bumped back again right so that's a, it makes it into a tough situation for me um it, you know if you put my name in i i can take it right. you know i can definitely take it for but for like a young 15 year old kid to to hear that it hurts them so that's uh I was disappointed with the, with a couple of the comments because I didn't feel like those comments were uh, true. Like I would need some factual statements. Like it said in fear, like the, mm-hmm. the police have never been called to the bus station. We built such a culture of love that people really respected each other. It was never an incident where we had to really, Hey guys, you know, that's it. You know, tonight's, yeah. tonight's done. Like it was such a respect factor built in there where we were treating the homeless people like people, we were kind of walking with them on this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, I just want to give a few shows like, you know, Tuxbury Detox, they didn't have to be there every Wednesday. And, you know, you have Karen, who's a, a counselor there, and then the admissions coordinator coming at nighttime. They just worked a long shift. Right. Like they wanted they to They worked be there. all day, and then at 10 o'clock they come. And they want, they they want to help to get people off the streets of And Mars. they did. You know how many people they've been able to get into detox from, from coming? To- Over 20. Definitely over So 20. just from you feeding the homeless at the bus stop for the last six months, you've been able to get 20 people into yes, detox and, and, get, and, and get Karen, them clean. And Karen could definitely say that. That's, that's she a, should probably be our next guest. Yeah, she's, she's an amazing woman to think. And then, you know, you heard some of the people. At the, we did a candle lighting last night to represent, you know, our mission and what we were all about. And we had a, a kid, uh, Carlos, and he was very outspoken about how. You know, I was the one sitting at this table at the, the kid bus that was station. dunking me at Methuen. Yeah, the one that's dunking you. Um, he's like, you know, I started at this dinner. You know, I was the one that was picking the clothes off the rack. You know, to stay warm at night. And now he's the one speaking on the microphone last night how TMF and the TMF family dinner changed his life. Mm-hmm. So for him to hear, you know, it's shut down. You know, it hurts. Also hurts a guy like that as well. Yeah. Um. Talk a little bit about Carlos. He is now 
he's now got a place to live. He does. Right? He's got a job. He does. So um he's in a, he's such a unique unique heart, unique soul, you know. Like I said, eating at that TMF family dinner. You know, you have Tuxbury Detox there. You know, he wasn't ready at first, but then he makes that huge step into going into detox. And then from detox went to, you know, a 30-day program. Then he, you know, goes to an IOP, an intensive outpatient um Two week program, and he's a young kid. Right? He he's is like 23, 23, 23. Yeah. Um. So it was amazing that it changed his life, according to him. And he wants to, you know, stick up for what he believes in because he believes that was the change. He said, "If that didn't happen, I would still be sleeping at the park." Yeah, that's 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 really amazing that you guys have been able to do that. And it, what's what's even more amazing is that you've got nine members of your city council, seven members of your school committee, and one mayor, and not one of them have actually done anything proactive to help you guys do what you're doing when they're the ones elected to do this. Like this is their job, right? And you're doing their job at no cost. And all you've gotten is grief from them. It's, it's, it's a little, I just wish we could have, there could have been like a conversation, just like one conversation. It's yeah. like, you know, you know, let's try to work on this, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm at, so, a, at a loss for words sometimes. So what's plan B now? Because my first thought was maybe we can use House of Mercy. Maybe we can rope in one of the churches that wants to help. Even if we're just using their parking lot or maybe they've got like an overhang somewhere uh, where we can recreate this. Because if you go more than one or two weeks without doing it, everyone's going to kind of disperse. It's going to be hard to, to reconstitute it. Um, is there a plan B or are we just kind of flying by the seat of our pants till we figure something out? Um, I've been taking it day by day. Like last night, I really wanted to concentrate on that candle lighting and representing our mission and just to kind of you know peacefully be out there and to represent who we are as a, as a family from this point on now it goes to what's next wednesday people have been hearing that question are like what's the next step for tmf um you know we have a meeting on monday that will be crucial but you know when i was telling those tmf members that it's done they wanted to fight what they believed in in a peaceful way mm-hmm. you know i've heard from multiple people you know there's even like a city council meeting you know where tmf you know they wanted to you know express how they felt in certain ways we've had various phone calls of places stepping up um you know even i got a phone call from the lawrence ymca who wanted to help us out we got a phone call that south broadway near that plaza to the left over the bridge mm-hmm. there's um a, a little lot over there right that we could take that that'd be a great spot um, another guy i want to give a shout out to i'm not sure if i'm saying is Wander. He runs a fitness gym in Lawrence. He well, wanted, they, they contacted he us wanted to, Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to help out. And that's just, you know, it's great to see different people from the city kind of give a lending hand when uh, things can get tough for people at times. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to think about in a short period of time. So I just want to make sure me and TMF are all on the same page. So we'll be talking with the next, you know, couple days, but what's the next step from here? Have any city councilors reached out to you because when I posted my initial story, I tagged the city councils that I think that would be most receptive mm. to what you do. Um, and then I shot each of them an instant message to make sure they got the uh, the story. Have any of them reached out to you at all? We haven't. They haven't. We haven't heard. We just heard of people that, you know, there's been a ton of, you know, you ton of news stations yesterday, like WBUR. There was um, a Spanish station from Boston. There was the Boston Herald. Um, today, there was um, Channel 4 News. So it's been uh, quite a few various news stations. You know, it, And it's just been the people in the community just showing their support to what mm-hmm. we were doing. But when it comes to elected officials, unfortunately, there hasn't been anyone that reached out to us about the situation. How many kids do you have in TMF? Um, every time I go, there's, there's a different number. Sometimes yeah, I go, there's like 10 varies. kids. And then sometimes I show up and there's like 30 kids. And I'm like, well, how many people are part of this organization? So it started in 2011 when I was 18, and now we have over 400 TMF members in seven years. So right now we have about 50 TMF Wait, members. Wait, did you say 400? 400 That's amazing. in seven years, you know, and obviously we have ones that are older, moved on, you know, live in different parts of the uh, the country now. But we have about 50, 55 that show up on Monday meetings and at the bus station. I would say we have about, you know, good 30, 35 TMF members at times. Last night for the candle thing, there was about 50, 55 individuals. Mm-hmm. That were there. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of members who uh, put a lot of heart and soul into this program. You know, when this started um, this week, the whole the whole hubbub of the mayor wanting to throw everybody out, um, it started when somebody took uh, some somebody who works at the MVRTA took pictures of garbage and needles on the ground at the bus station and posted it to protest his working conditions because he has to work there every day. Mm-hmm. And I get that because I don't disagree with him at all. Uh, but then someone took those photos and showed them to the mayor and said, this was from TMF Wednesday night. So his initial his initial order to the police was not to throw the homeless out, but it was just to throw you out. 
and to blame your kids and to say that it was your kids that were making the bus station in this condition. And so I started um, making phone calls and searching the internet, and I found on the MVRTA Facebook page the photos that a gentleman named Keith posted who um, I'm sure he feels bad about all this now because his intent was never to you know have you guys shut down. It was just to have people you know clean the bus station. Um, and once I found out uh, that it was him, I went to his page and I sent him a message saying, when were these pictures taken? And his answer was, this was on a Monday, he said this morning. So I did a screen capture and I sent it to the mayor and said, this is what happens when elected officials overreact without having all their facts. My expectation was for him to say, you know what, I screwed up, somebody misled me, and I'm going to allow TMF to come back. And instead, what he did was he doubled down and said, screw everybody at the bus station, throw them all out. And so now here we are where you've got uh, at least 100 people that you serviced at, at, at your highest peak, maybe 30 or 40 at your lowest peak that you're feeding on Wednesday nights, people who are not, who are not going to get access to those, those programs and that food. Yeah, so I did see those two photos. Um, one was a syringe under a bridge, and the other one was an overflow of trash. Mm -hmm. So I understand someone who's working there can be pretty upset when they see that in the morning. The problem is, though, where I get frustrated is that wasn't TMF. Right. You know, we are there for two hours on a Wednesday evening. We cannot control what happens there the other six days of the week. So, you know, like I said, we we clean from, from head to toe. It's immaculate. But for the blame to go on TMF who works so hard, it, it's a shame and i just want to get that out there because i think some people on the outside looking in they might agree with some of the things that were said and like oh tmf ruined it for themselves you know tmf they were doing a good thing but they don't know how to clean up to themselves like no we have to all like, you had to take time out of your day to come see what we built there and the culture and the environment that we built to understand it. If you weren't there, it's kind of hard, hard to understand. You're hearing, you know, my, my story and TF stories, then you're hearing the mayor's story and the city's story, and it can be hard to kind of understand it. But if you, you know, were able to see it with your own two eyes, you would understand that it was deeper than just a dinner. Mm -hmm. Those, those TF members cleaned up. They worked hard. So as much as the homeless, you know, can't stay there anymore, but why can't the team of family dinner still continue to run on right. Wednesday nights? Right. I, I don't see any issue in that. You know, I understand, you know, maybe the homeless, you know, made some mistakes in the past at the bus station. They have to move on now. But we also have to have a plan B of where you're going to send these homeless individuals mm -hmm. now. So two things. You got to find out where the homeless are going to go after being kicked out. And then I'd also consider having this TMF family dinner where you're bringing resources to Lawrence and you're getting people off the street. Right. But it's just a vicious cycle of, you know, they can't stay under the bridge. Now they can't stay at the railroad tracks, can't stay at the bus station. So you're just moving them, moving them, moving them. And then when you have a great group that's doing something unique and powerful for the city, they can't do it anymore. So it's like a loss in both, dire both directions. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit to Michael about, I don't know, can we stretch another half an hour out of this? I, I think we probably yeah, can. Yeah, right ahead, man. Uh, I, when we come back, I want to talk to Michael about what uh, what made him get involved in this. He's a young kid. He's 26 years old. Most 26-year-olds that I know are sitting on their mom's couch in the basement playing uh, uh, playing video games. I don't know. What do they play that now? The I'm Xbox, not, whatever. Sure, right? I mean, most 26-year-olds that I know, are, are they're not thinking about helping the community. They're not thinking about helping the homeless. You know, they're all taking care of themselves or they're sitting on mom's couch or in the basement. So when we come back, I want to talk to him about how Michael got involved in this, what, what made him do this, and where do we go from here. Back after this on Paying Attention. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there, he does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us. Every single time we need something, 
Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper. And he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. And I really do mean that. If I get shot while I'm driving around Lawrence, uh, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home. You have a commitment from me. Two things you do if anything happens to me and I get shot or I die of a heart attack or something. Number one, make sure you go live. Right. Because you know the Tribune will screw up the story of my death. And you want to make sure that my, my readers, my listeners get the real story before they screw it up. You're going to have to share your Facebook info so right, yeah, yeah. at least get the video. Right. And then, and then you have to make sure you get my body to, to uh, Franklin uh, 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 Perez right. over at uh, Perez Funeral Home. Because even in death, we are loyal to our advertisers and the people who helped us out. And that's just kind of how it is. Uh, sitting to my left, thank you for, uh, for rejoining us here on the Paying Attention Podcast. Most people who watch us on Facebook don't realize that the majority of the people who consume this podcast download the audio from like Google Play, iHeartRadio, um, what are the other ones? Spreaker, Podbean, all that stuff, Spotify. A- Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, and we, have, we, we broke 100,000 in October. I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 120,000 now. Uh, of, for downloads, people who actually downloaded the audio. So while most people are, who know me personally are kind of watching us on Facebook and catch the Facebook uh, as if this is a TV show, it's really more of an audio podcast. That's where we where yeah. we get our and you know our what, digs. what the difference is. People like podcasts because you can multitask right? right at the gym or if you're in your car, you can still right. give a listen to the show. So I want to encourage people to subscribe. Go to Spotify or whatever it is you use to download podcasts. Subscribe to the Paying Attention podcast. Podcast. Take a look at the other uh, podcasts here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe and subscribe to those. Download it. It helps us when I go to a potential advertiser and they say, hey, how many people download your podcast? You know, we can give them, a, we can give them the numbers. I think we're like about 120,000 now that have downloaded the podcast. That's a lot of people listening to your ad. And yeah. I, I can tell you, Franklin Veloz at Veloz Auto Group and, uh, and Perez Funeral Home and Twin Light Security, uh, they've all gotten a good, a good bang out of this uh, yeah, out if, of gig. If they're not sure where to find it, they can go to unitedpodcast.tv. That's okay. got all of the shows. So right from that website, they can find all your episodes right. for the video as well as the audio, and they can play it right on the desktop as sounds, well. Sounds fantastic. And we're going to be getting ready before we get back to our guest. Uh, we're getting ready. We're gearing up for our one-year anniversary here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in December, the last week of December. And I did some math last night, Ed. The, uh, as of April, we're going to push it back a little bit because the right. – the, uh, the anniversary of this podcast is December. We've only been doing it for about a year, but we've been doing the Paying Attention radio show before we came here since 1999. 
And we started in April of 1999. So we'll do a little math on that. Maybe we'll have like a really big celebration in December. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is, since we paid for last week and didn't have a show for Thanksgiving, what I want to do is take that hour and bounce it to our... Uh, sure. One year anniversary show, yeah, and invite people in, get some, you know, get some pizza, have people come in, and you need a cake, and too. do. Yeah, nah, I'm not big. I'm not a big cake guy, but if people want cake, I'll get cake. I guess. I mean, we'll I'm... invite TMF. His kids can come and eat <laughs> it. Right. right. So we're sitting here with uh, with um, Michael Gorman, who, by the way, is really good for my social life. I got. We were talking off the air. Um, all the young, beautiful women that follow you is unbelievable. You've got like a cult following, and it's amazing. You got all these beautiful young women in their twenties coming on my page now posting stuff about you and saying how disappointed they are about what's going on with uh, the mayor throwing you out of the bus stop. And I thought, I picked the right guy to be my friend. <laughs> Too funny. So totally. So I'm looking at you, and I don't want to embarrass you, but it's just kind of what it is. I'm looking at you. You're a young, good-looking 26-year-old guy. You could be doing anything with your time right now. You could be out you know, courting a, a girlfriend. You could be starting your own business. You could be doing a lot of other things. And, and, and I know that you're very busy. I know you're going to school full-time, and I know that you work. Um, what made you do this? What, what made you get involved and take time out of your young, busy lifestyle where, as I said before the break, most people just don't give a crap about the community or anybody around them? What made you like, break through that and, and go out and start TMF and then use the group of TMF to go out and help the community? So growing up, my mom and my father were very supportive. Um, basketball was a passion of mine. So I ended up playing college basketball. So coaches throughout my life were like, um, just like a second father figure in a way, looking out for me. Teachers made sure my uh, homework was all done. But it was, you know, my friends that had such a pure heart as well, but they didn't have that love and that guidance at, at the home when, when, I, when they were young. And I saw that and that killed me inside. That really hurt me. So, you know, while I'm going inside to do homework they're still outside at the park because you know mom's working extra hours you know to try to put food in the table and dad's not around and they just didn't have the same opportunities that i had growing up so that was kind of like the motivation factor for me starting tmf and like how i always say a second family mm -hmm. just because i think it's so necessary for so many young individuals out there to have some guidance and some love so i started tmf basically for that reason and then when it comes to the street aspect of it the curiosity got to me like i don't struggle with addiction i've never been homeless um i don't even have anyone in my family that's really struggling with addiction but the curiosity got to me i wanted to understand you know why someone's out there i want to learn their story what it's all about so that's kind of how how it all started how the journey began for me and so you you got together with like how did you start it like did you put something on on social media and say hey we want to have a meeting if you're like did you did you rope in your neighbors you're like how did you uh, there's a lot of people that would love to be able to do and replicate what you do in other communities how did you how did you pull everybody together i get that question so how do you how do you how do you start that um when i started when i was 18 it, it's so funny with team used to be very very different it wasn't what it is now i would got a workout packet to play college basketball and uh so i had to do training by myself all summer so I wanted to do a run. So I did a three mile run throughout the city with eight other, eight other individuals. And we, that was like our goal, just finish three mile run, feel good about ourselves. Well, I looked at those eight individuals though, and they all came from tough situations. I was at home one day and I was thinking like, wow, I kind of create something from a run. It went from eight people to 45, 50 people running throughout the city of Methuen, wow. just, you know, with each other to have the task of building motivation, determination in our heads to accomplish that three mile run. Well, from 50, it grew to 100 that first year in 2011, sticking together. So I kind of explained to people in the past. So we did that run three, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then the people that were running with me, had there been bowling or mini golfing. So we would raise money from a yard sale, a three-on-three -three basketball tournament, and a car wash. And with that money, we decided to all go bowling, mini golfing, a zoo. And when I, when I really mean like these members never seen a giraffe or, you know different type of animals like a tiger you know and them being shocked like a 20 year old kid like most people like, you never know, do a zoo at 20 years old no they never have because mom and yeah, dad never in, brought they're them they're inner city kids that live in projects like they've it's never gone different. anywhere but that exactly yeah. so we were doing like different different things like that even bowling you know every every bowl was a gutter ball but i'm looking around and everyone just dying laughing like oh my god we can't knock one pin down so i like i just decided to to run with it like i got a chance with like a hundred individuals right now to kind of make a change 
change within ourselves. Seven years later, 400 individuals, and then we decided to have a TMF meeting. That's why we have weekly. So I think it's important to discuss the problems that we're having within each other. And uh, we have these little projects we do coming up. I'm going to announce it soon um, on social media, but our, our, our seventh annual uh, Christmas on the streets that we're doing December 15th to December 25th for everyone out there. Um, and for those 10 days, it's going to be unique. So December 15th, we'll be um, grab Christmas trees at the dollar store, fake Christmas trees and go under, you know, bridges, um, whether it's Lawrence and Lowell, so they have um, a Christmas tree. And I'll have every homeless individual take an ornament and write in that ornament someone they lost or someone they missed and we'll decorate it together. You know, December 16th will be Single Mother's Night. So any single mom that, you know, is having trouble with income, they'll get they'll get gifts. The next one we'll do is Christmas caroling. All the Christmas team up members go Christmas caroling together. So for those ten days, it's ten different things. The elderly home, we'll go to the elderly complex and we'll ask the front desk, can we deliver these flowers to elderly individuals who haven't had visitors much? And we'll spend Christmas night with them. So for those ten days, you know, we really work on different type of people because holidays is not fun for everybody. You know, holidays can be a great a great time to be with family, but for a lot of people the holidays can be a, a very very tough time so i'm looking forward to christmas on the streets I gotta, t- I gotta tell you i'm honored to know you because um at my old age that i am now uh you know i was 18 the first time i ran for office oh, i was wow. i was a high school senior and someday i'll tell you that story it's actually <laughs> it's actually funnier than i have time for today but i was a high school senior i ran for office uh, i lost by 11 votes i re- actually ran as a joke and people took me seriously i lost by 11 votes so i kept running i kept running campaigns i ended up winning uh maybe three three elections later i ended up winning so i've been involved and i've seen the political game from the inside i've seen it as an elected official i've seen it as a candidate i've seen it as a campaign manager and i see people in the community and i said it in the first segment but i, I want to repeat it because it's 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 so true people have meetings to have meetings and they have meetings to feel good and to, and to say, oh, I came up with that idea. That's a great idea. It's my idea. But then nobody ever does anything. And then I listened to how you started this and where you want to take it and what you've been able to accomplish doing the little things that mean so much to people who have nothing that others just completely dismiss. And so I'm, I'm really honored to know you. I'm really honored to see that there's at least one person in the community that's been able to corral all of these different demographics, Latinos and Anglos and gays and straights and people who are in my age, an old man and people who are young at 15, 16 years old and pull everybody together to do something good for the community. I want them to um, see with their own eyes, the TMF members. I think it's so crucial to be able to witness things. So even for those Christmas on the streets, to bring it back to that, one of the nights that we do is a it's all Christmas on the street stuff, so we think of different type of topics. So we're going to go to the baby cemetery um, section of the cemetery, and we'll actually put teddy bears, and we'll put, you know, little things near their grave, and just kind of spend the night for, you know, the babies that, you know, passed away too young. And uh, we just kind of try to think of the forgotten ones who might not be thought about during that time time frame. So, um, yeah, I just want to see my members to, to see things, to experience. I think that's the best thing in the world. You know, even when it comes to, you know, it's public transportation day for TMF. We're all going to learn how to take a train today. We're going to learn how to, t- you know, take take the city bus, take a taxi. Because I think these little things are, like, important for further further down the line in life. So we just try to think outside the box and try to try to show um, the community that, like, hope, love, you know, acceptance is some of the most powerful things people could could think of. I mean, I, I always come on the show when we're talking politics and I always talk about the failure of our public education system. You see all these kids graduating and they know all about global warming, but they don't know how to balance a checkbook. Mm. And then I see a guy like you out there taking kids that are at risk and teaching them those basic life skills. And, and A, wondering why our schools aren't doing it. We know that some parents can't do it because of the situations. Um, But then I see people like you doing it, and I wonder, why isn't everybody doing this? Like, why isn't there a Michael Gorman in every community going out? If there was – when I came in, um, one of the guys who works here said, uh, you know, if people cared one-tenth about the homeless as much as you do, meaning me – you know, there would be no homeless. And I thought, you know, you know what? If people kid one one hundredth and did one one hundredth of what Mike Gorman does, there would be no homeless in the country. Because you you found a way to look at those little things and know that those little things become big things later on and they mean the world to someone that does nothing. Like I always say, I think um I like to take unique approaches, not um I like to be different with things. So like I'm a big believer and like I say it all the time to TMF members, like if we can just work our way into someone's heart slowly 
and you have that person start to believe in themselves and start to experience love through a stranger that there's a chance there's a fighting chance mm -hmm. for them to take a step forward in the right direction it's like a, a t like tmf i had them in a big circle and i'm like if someone outside of the town came in and saw you guys right now and looked at you guys and what you've been through you know what they would tell you right now and i tell them straight up because i want them to know i'm like they would look at you and say you're not supposed to graduate high school you're going to end up in jail you're, you're not going to make it and what are you going to do with that are you going to start you know talking crap back to them you're gonna do something about it right. prove people wrong in life like you guys are the most i call them the most unique family because you look around they are so diverse but they come from tough situations like prove people wrong don't be another statistic show like you can take this even this approach at the dinner in two different ways you can kind of you know get into the drama aspect of it and start you know doing negative aspects to it or you can make a change and you know use this to keep building you know this isn't just you know the the end of the street here this is this is just a speed bump not not a roadblock you know we're gonna get through this together and like i tell them we're gonna be okay like mm -hmm. you know let's let's stay positive with this. this isn't the end of the world here guys you know what i'm saying that's why last night i'm like forget about the media forget about the social media forget about the public for a minute just look around look around in the circle look at the left look to the right that's your brother and your sister right let's stay together as a family and let's get through this together you know we don't need to be on a microphone repeating something you know then it gets negative then there's a cop showing up next thing you know someone's getting arrested right let's just stay together see i was going to speak last night you should, you should get on that i was microphone. gonna i was gonna speak last night but i know that if i got a microphone i would have said something derogatory about the mayor <laughs> and i know within four seconds because we were live on facebook there would have been 15 cruisers no, and they would have yeah, been shutting yeah. us down so i said no i'm not going to say anything tonight however we want to encourage people and i know you've kind of only glossed over it and i want to i want to highlight it because we want a lot of people <clears throat> we want to encourage people to come tuesday night to the city council meeting next week in lawrence at seven o'clock actually six o'clock the meeting starts at seven and it's going to be a respectful peaceful protest of the mayor shutting down tmf at the bus stop and then we want people to sign up for public participation at the meeting at seven and you have to do it at the very beginning because they have a list and once the list goes to the council president you can't add names so everybody has to sign up at the very beginning to speak everyone gets three minutes and i think it would be great to have your kids and people who aren't associated with tmf you know neighbors who just support what you do get up and explain to the city council what this is and why it's important because i think if you get the city council on your side you may see more doors opening up for you. They may say, uh, you know, there, some of them are business owners. One of them might say, hey, look, I have a business. You can do it in my lot. Or, hey, the city council wants to get behind you. We're going to talk to the mayor and see if we can't find a way to make this happen in a, in a, in a, in a way that makes him satisfied that it's not going to be a problem. Um, so we want to encourage people next Tuesday night at 6 o'clock outside City Hall, 200 Common Street in Lawrence. Uh, that would be December. I want to make sure I get the date right because people listen to us sometimes not the day, not mm -hmm. when we're live, right? So that'll be uh, December 4th, Tuesday, December 4th, um, 200 Common Street in Lawrence. And, and it will be the, – the one thing that, that I was really happy to see last night was there wasn't any Dan Rivera as a jerk. Um, you know, there was, there was no um, – villainizing or demonizing of the mayor. It was just very respectful. Look, this is what we want to do. And this is what we care about. And we are disappointed in what the mayor did. And, um, and, and I think that it will be a very respectful, peaceful protest Tuesday night. Yeah, even last night, like I looked around the circle and I made it clear why we're here. Like I, I basically said in the circle, you know, we had a microphone there and I'm like, you know, why did you guys start coming here? Like, what's your reason for being here? And it was great. You know, I decided let's start at 830. We're going to continue with to 930, one hour. You're going to be out here all night, you know, proving your point. Mm -hmm. One hour with your candles, that flame would represent the homeless, the addict, and also our mission. And let's have different people in the circle for TMF or supporters get in that microphone and explain you know what's what's your why you know wh why are you here mm -hmm. and just concentrate on that concentrate on us don't concentrate on you know mayor 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 or right. or political 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 just why are you here right and what's what's your reason right. that's, that's the, the political thing and is my job actually <laughs> and uh and, and and i tried very hard not to make this political because i don't want to ruin what you guys are doing and what you're trying to do but i look at i look at what the i look at what the mayor and i've known dan for a long time um, and, and again, I don't want to bash him, but I look at what the mayor has said and done throughout his six years as mayor. And one of the things that he has been very steadfast about is on May 1st, there's always a rally for illegal aliens. Um, it's the May Day rally in Lawrence on the Common. 
and to be accepting of illegal aliens and that Lawrence is an accepting city and that Lawrence is a sanctuary city, even though they don't call it a sanctuary city, they call it a trust act city. But I, I, I see that the mayor has no problem welcoming people who are here illegally who are from other countries and spending needed resources on those individuals who are not supposed to be here, yet his excuse for not helping the homeless is that the homeless are from other communities, not Lawrence, and why should he spend needed resources on people from other communities when those other communities should be taking care of them? And I start to think about the hypocrisy of that, whereby illegal aliens are members of other countries, they're citizens of other governments, their government should be taking care of them, they're coming here illegally, and you're welcoming them, and you're spending needed resources that Lawrence residents need on those illegal aliens that are now in Lawrence, and yet screw the homeless. And the other thing that Dan Rivera always seems to say, uh, and it, it, in both of his campaigns and his campaign for uh, city council, um, he, he's always talked about you know how how people only talk about the negative things about Lawrence. Right? Whenever I write a story about a shooting or a fire or a stabbing. Uh, I get negative comments from the mayor or people in the mayor's office that you're making Lawrence look bad. Why can't you do more positive stories? Well, here's a positive story, and he's the one that shut it down. And you can't be the guy out there complaining that Lawrence only gets negative press, that when you drive through Lawrence, it looks terrible, and look at all the horrible things that are going on, or look at all the horrible things people talk about. Why can't we do things more positive? And on the other hand, shut down the only positive thing going on in the city. So for me, it's, it's, it's tough because I'm a political person by nature. And I also look at the fact that Dan Rivera is a Democrat. Now, I'm not a Democrat. I was a Republican for years. Now I'm an independent, but I'm a conservative, certainly. And I've been lectured my whole life about how Democrats care about the poor. Uh, I voted for, people say I voted for Elizabeth Warren because she cares about the poor. And the Democrats really care about the downtrodden and minorities. And they care about racism. And they care about homelessness. Yet the Lawrence mayor is a Democrat. Almost everyone in the city council is a Democrat. All of your state reps and state senators are Democrats. And yet Karina Papalato fights for pennies every year to try and keep daybreak open and to service 55 homeless people of the 300 homeless people in the city. People like you do it for nothing, right? You volunteer your time. Your kids volunteer their time to try and make Lawrence better. And you've made Lawrence better. And yet it's the Democrats that, A, didn't help. Nobody was. I didn't see any state reps, state senators, city councilors. They're helping you. And yet, a Democrat's the guy that shut you down. So for me, I know you guys don't want to get political, and it's probably good that you don't. But for me, I look at the political angle of this, and it infuriates me because I'm sick and tired of people campaigning on the backs of the poor to achieve political power and then shoving it up your rear end every chance they get once they achieve that political power. Yeah, um, the whole like like it's a whole new honestly like ball game. The whole political aspect to it, it's like me stepping into a zone that I'm not. I don't right. really know much about. So um, I've asked Mike a hundred times. Like, are, you, are you a conservative? The, la- the, la- the last show you did too. I, like, I get no answer <laughs> out of him at all, which I like because your politics keep it shouldn't, honest, your politics yeah. shouldn't matter. But when I look at the politics of the people who aren't helping, who benefit from claiming that they help, and the people who are actually hurting the cause. After they achieve power, claiming that they care about the poor, and it just infuriates me. It, it, and I'd be saying this if it was Republicans, too. If there was a bunch of Republicans out there campaigning on the backs of the poor, and they were the ones shutting you down, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Because mm. I'm not a Republican. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it was just... I bring it back to the um, like even the homeless shelter in Karina for a minute because I think I'd have to look back when WBUR but I believe you know she even made a comment when she said the daybreak shelter is usually always at capacity right and uh, you know that right there shows that like I know it said like there's services for all homeless uh, individuals families and kids but if that's at capacity and then it also said um, the Lazarus house usually shies away um, individuals usually takes in more families than you know an individual and then you have you know us who's trying to even work on getting people housing that was kind of like the next step within bringing somebody who gets someone like jobs for people not everyone at the bus station struggling with addiction like we had a methadone clinic and the detox what about getting people like on their feet with a job as mm-hmm. well so we're bringing like additional resources from the bus station bringing them from the bus people would actually drive them straight to detox from the station at night well i saw that one night there was somebody yeah. who said I'm ready to go into detox, and we all know with, with, with addicts, if you don't get them that minute that they say they're ready to Their go. Their mind could change. Right? Then, yeah. And there were people going, okay, I'll drive you now. Like, I'll bring you now. I'll bring you out to Westford now, or Westboro now, or I'll bring you to Tewksbury now. And I was shocked by that. I'm like, well, wait a minute. If it's this easy, why aren't more people yeah, doing this? Yeah, I feel this? like it was really working. It's just, it's, it's disappointing. It really is. Uh, 
so disappointing yeah it is it's, you put so much time and effort you know with your group for six months straight and you know each week was you're trying to put in something different that was going to help. It's not like it was, I don't like to be on the same game plan weekly. So for those six right. months, same thing, same thing, same thing. Like I wanted to bring in something different. How can we make this better? How can we, how can we help, you know, this certain individual this time who the last three weeks has just had the same mindset? How can we work it, work our way into his heart and make him think differently? Like we were thinking like of all different aspects and it just thinks that it's just completely shut down. I have people in TF who are really hurt by this and um, you know, I'm just trying to be a voice for some people who think they're not a, a voice at all especially the homeless they were there last night in the circle mm -hmm. you know just standing with us with a candle right. you know pouring their heart out about like it sucks being homeless and viewed this way i look forward to the wednesday every every single week that was my night of the week right it's taken away from me so it's cool to hear from people and you though. did other stuff too that i thought was kind of cool we've only got a few minutes left but um i i thought it was silly when i first saw it and then i realized the value the genius of what you did what, had to have a game table. And so Mike sets so up funny. a game table and he's got like shoots and ladders and like games got that we haven't played. Land. Games that we haven't played since we were kids. Dude. But it, 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 you see the homeless people sitting down, they're playing Jenga, they're playing Candyland, bringing them back to their childhood, to their childhood and making yeah. them realize that, wow, these are really people who care. These really are people who are trying to make a difference. And we had a guy last night who'd been shot 15 times. I, remember, I don't know if you remember, um, uh, the, and I can't remember his name, I'm sorry, but he's the guy that showed us last week. He was showing us the bullet holes in oh, his stomach, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was there last night before you guys showed up. We were talking to the Tribune guy, um, who totally botched this story, by the way. Um, and, and he was crying. And he said, you know, he said, I finally found a place where I could sleep in the cold where I'm not getting killed by the wind. And I came to this bus stop and I've been here for three weeks and now I've got nothing. And he started crying. He's like, I have nothing. The one thing that I had and they took it away. It was like a punch to the gut to the guy. Now, this is a guy that he was shot like 15 times on Draken Street about two, three years ago. I actually covered that shooting. Um, and I was surprised like when he's telling his story I'm like oh you're the guy that got shot I was mm -hmm. at that scene and this is a big tough guy who's had a, a, an addiction problem he's clean right now um, 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 I'm trying to think of the word and I can't uh, a little boisterous a little uh, tough right mm -hmm. and, and he's standing there and he's crying and he's saying like you know what little I have I have nothing and they took what I had you know and you have to think about guys like Coop who uh, I know he's, 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 um, he's in jail this week, but when he gets out, when Coop gets out and he comes back to the station and he's looking for Wednesday night yeah, meal, looking for the, yeah. it's not there. And so what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm hoping is that by next Wednesday, there's at least a temporary place where we can do this that is not in control of the mayor, so nobody can, not in control of the city, so that no city workers, no city politicians can try and have it shut down. Do you have any, have any ideas, any thoughts on, you know, plan B just for next week? Um, Tuesday, definitely. Well, Monday meeting, Tuesday, I want to go to City Hall. Those right. are the two things that are on my mind right now. Wednesday, um, Geez, I'm still like up in the air to be honest with you. Yeah. I've received a few phone calls, but I don't want to say yes to a place like automatically and then go there and then be disappointed. Like that lot, for example, in South Broadway, I want to like visualize it, take a drive over there, kind of see where we could place things. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to let everyone know what maybe this by this weekend what the game plan is for early next week well hopefully you will let me know what it is that you need yeah definitely uh, going forward i've been making calls we've talked to carrie at house of mercy and i guess roger said uh at one point they might be able to uh, accommodate uh, tmf but you know with some restrictions because they do have to get permits from the city and they don't mm -hmm. want to get shut down and the mayor really hates roger <laughs> he really he really hate he really hates house of mercy he really hates him um so, in which I don't get it all. We, we could do a whole political show on that, but I, I don't get it. Um, but I want you to know that I'm here for you guys. If there's anything that I can do as far as making phone calls and trying to help facilitate getting a place for next Wednesday night while you're busy trying to uh, organize the Tuesday night, the Monday night meeting and the Tuesday night um, protest, um, there need to be people who are going to be, aside from you guys, helping you out to try and find a place and try and make sure that it's okay and uh, and try and make sure that we can have another Wednesday night family dinner. I really think if you go two weeks without one, you're going to lose everybody. Mm. And I, the word spread very fast. I mean, I was surprised when we got there last night. Uh, there were a couple of homeless people there, and they saw me pull up, and they said, hey, there's no dinner tonight. Like, they already knew. Mm. And and word, yeah, it's crazy word spread really fast. So if, if, uh, if we can find a spot, whether it's that spot at the end of the bridge or whether it's maybe that – 
empty lot across the street from House of Mercy or maybe at House of Mercy. Maybe a church can step forward. We've got a bunch of churches in Lawrence. That would be great. Um, we've got about a minute left. Do you want to um, uh, just uh, let me give you the last word as far as uh, giving shout outs to people and, and uh, remind people where we're going from here? Yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you to um everyone in the community i haven't been able to you know it's just been so crazy these last couple of days with you know getting by with the news stations or people from the public but i just want to say thank you for everyone who has reached out who's you know just been so kind-hearted to not only me but my tmf kids so uh, that means the world to me you know i will yeah. always support and have those individuals back you know to for, for life you know it's, it's a it's a relationship that i'll always have but thank you for everyone out there that has just reached out you know what can i do to help tmf i just want to say thank you um I wish I could name everyone individually, but it's just so many people. Right. But thanks for um, sticking up for us and our mission and what we believe in. Mike Gorman, thank you for everything that you do. You're an inspiration to old men like me. And uh, you're obviously an inspiration to young kids in the, in the Merrimack Valley. I'm hoping that we can get past this, that we can continue doing what you're doing. And my, my goal is to, is to write a book about what you guys have been able to accomplish and what you do so that we can franchise this around the country. Because I think what you guys are doing is replicatable around the country. And we see the homeless problem. We see the addiction problem around the country. And if you can do it in a city like Lawrence, anybody can do it in any community. And um, so... Well, we appreciate you, man. Thank you. We, we will see everybody Tuesday night. Hopefully, I will be there. Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, outside the city council meeting, 200 Common Street in Lawrence, December 4th. Mike Gorman, thank you for coming back, and hopefully we'll have you again. Maybe you can come in and... Yeah, uh, of course, man. I appreciate we'll it. Good it's an news. honor. We'll thank you so much. You're welcome, man. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already, but remember our sponsors. And don't forget Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, all the other great podcasts here. When I leave here, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to watch Political TNT this week. Oh, you should. Yeah, it was a good show. Sure. Did she beat him up again? Tom was by himself, so he got to speak uninterrupted. Unbelievable. All right, see you guys next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.